This is Thurman Hayes, pastor of First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. We want to welcome you to this message from our services at First Baptist. We're a congregation that is seeking to touch lives through the life-changing power of the gospel. I pray that you'll encounter Christ in his power and love even now as you listen. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm number 98. Psalm 98. And if you... Um, if you want to use one of the Bibles in the pews, that's page 500, page 500 in our pew Bibles. But if you have uh, your copy of God's Word, turn to that or uh, use your iPad or whatever it is that you use uh, and look at Psalm 98 and we're going to look at that together. And I want to invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word as we look at Psalm 98 together. O oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth... Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. You may be seated. So the classic Christmas song that we just sung, Joy to the World, which was written by a man named Isaac Watts, was written one day after Isaac Watts had been meditating on the words that we just read in Psalm 98. And it's interesting that he took Psalm 98 and turned it into such a, a classic hymn of Christmas because really the 98th Psalm is, is more about the second coming of Christ than it is the first coming of Christ. We associate Christmas with the first coming of Christ, but it is entirely appropriate that Isaac Watts would turn Psalm 98 into a classic psalm of Christmas and that we would use it this morning on Christmas Eve because when we celebrate Christmas, when we celebrate the birth of Christ, we're not just celebrating his birth. We're really celebrating what his birth led to. Jesus' birth led to his death for our sins on the cross. It led to his resurrection from the dead. It led to his ascension into glory. It led to his exaltation at the right hand of the Father. And it will lead to his coming again as King of kings and Lord of lords when he will renew the entire creation. And that's really what Psalm 98 is all about. It is about how God through Christ has rescued us in the past, 
It's about how he is our rightful king in the present. And it's about ultimately how he is going to bring renewal to the whole creation in the future. So it's really about expanding praise. It's praise that expands from Israel to the nations to the entire creation. Let's take a look, first of all, at the fact that he is our renewer in the past. So in verses 1 through 3 of Psalm 98, Israel is invited to praise God for his marvelous works, and specifically the marvelous work that they are praising him for and that they are joyous about is what he did for them in the Exodus experience. So for us... Tonight is like a very holy night. In fact, we're going to sing those words before we leave here today. Holy night. But for the people of Israel, the most holy night was the night that God brought them out of slavery in Egypt. They had been suffering in slavery for hundreds of years, and in their pain, they cried out to God, and God heard their cry and God came to them and he said, I want you to slay a lamb, the Passover lamb. And, and, and when you take shelter beneath the blood of the lamb, the death angel will pass over your house and I will lead you out into freedom to the promised land. But that exodus pointed to a greater exodus. Because God knew that one day he was going to come. And that he himself was going to be bound. He, he himself was going to be put in bondage and nailed to a cross. And that his own blood was going to be shed. That would enable us to have salvation as Jesus died as the ultimate Passover lamb. And so just as the children of Israel were enslaved in Egypt... The Bible says that, that by nature we are enslaved by sin and death. But just as the children of Israel cried out to God in their slavery and he heard their cry, we can cry out to God and he will hear us and he will deliver us and save us through his son. And just as the children of Israel took shelter Beneath the blood of the Lamb, we are invited to take shelter beneath the finished work of Christ, beneath the covering of his shed blood. Just as God led them out and delivered them in freedom, he will hear our cry and he will deliver us. Just as the children of Israel passed through the waters of the Red Sea. We passed through the waters of baptism and just as they were on their way to the promised land, we are on our way to the ultimate promised land, a new heaven and earth, which we'll talk about in just a few moments. And so God is our, right, our rescuer in the past. Second, he is our rightful king in the present. So in verses four through six, of Psalm 98, the, the expanding joy and praise moves from Israel to the nations as all the peoples of the earth, every tribe and tongue are invited to offer joyous praise to this 
to this God as their rightful king. And we see that at the beginning of verse 4 as the psalmist says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. That's the specific verse that Isaac Watts was meditating on when, when the, the song Joy to the World came to him. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. I love this picture that I, I saw this week. This is from Martin and Carrie, a couple very dear to our church that serve in, in Bangkok, Thailand. And they serve in a, a, an, an international congregation. And this is their, their Christmas lineup of the services in their church uh, for this week. And so there's an international service that is done in English. There's a service that is done in Thai. There's a service that is done in Korean there, and, and in Burmese and in Nepali and in Tamil. This is a picture of the, what the future is going to be like. And the new heaven and earth, as Revelation 5, 9 tells us that one day, all of the redeemed of every tribe and tongue are going to gather around and sing joyous praise to Jesus. For you were slain, and by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. This is why we do missions. Because God desires and we desire along with him for people of every tribe and tongue to experience the salvation and to be able to honor God with joyous praise. This is a picture that our team in Haiti uh, took this past week. Many of you were praying uh, for them. And part of what they did this week was they prepared these children to take part in a nativity play. And so this week, as they did that, joyous praises to the king resounded from the city of Moi, Haiti. And our, our, our desire is for joyous praises to resound to this king from every town, every every small city, every mega city, every village, every hamlet, from every ethno-linguistic grouping of people on earth. That's what the future is going to be like in the new heaven and earth, and that is what we are to, uh, to model and to seek in the present. And listen, if all the peoples of the earth are invited to know this king and to experience his salvation and to offer joyous praise to him, then friend, that includes you. It includes you. Let me tell you something. Life works a lot better when we climb down off of the throne of our own lives and we let Jesus be king and take control. He invites you to that today. He is our rightful king in the present. Third, he is the renewer of the whole creation in the future. So in verses 7 through 9, we see these incredible images of rivers clapping their hands and hills singing for joy together. Now, obviously, this is like a poetic personification, but it's a poetic personification of something that is, is going to be reality in the future, and it's this. When Jesus comes again, the, the whole creation, the whole created order, nature itself, is going to be restored and renewed. Because right now, 
When we look at nature, I mean, we see beauty and we see incredible grandeur, but, but we also see disorder in nature, right? The British pastor in the 19th century, Charles Spurgeon, once said this. He said, the whole creation is fair and beautiful, even in its present condition. I have no sort of sympathy with those who cannot enjoy the beauties of nature, climbing the lofty Alps or wandering through a charming valley, skimming the blue sea or traversing the verdant forest. We have felt that this world, however desecrated by sin, was built to be a temple of God. And the grandeur and glory of it plainly declare that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Creation glows with a thousand beauties, even in its present fallen condition. Yet clearly, it is not as it came from the maker's hand. The slime of the serpent is on it all. This is not the world which God pronounced very good. We hear of tornadoes, of earthquakes, of volcanoes, of avalanches. There is sorrow on the sea, and there is misery on the land, and into the highest palaces, as well as the poorest cottages, death, the insatiable, is shooting its arrows. Verses 7 through 9 are telling us about a time when all of the disorder and the created world is going to be gone. It is telling us about a time when death will no longer shoot its arrows. Christmas is a, a difficult time for many people, a sad time for many people, and, and, and in a crowd this size, certainly some of you would, would, would resonate with that. And, and the reason for that is because the very things that, that make Christmas a joyful time, the parties, the celebrations, the traditions, uh, the rituals, the meals of Christmas, those very things which can bring about such joy can bring sadness. When, when a loved one is missing, because those are things that you as associate with that person. And when they take place without that person, the, the fact that they're missing comes, comes home to you even, even more acutely. And if that's you, then friend, I just want to speak a word of encouragement to you. Because the baby who was born in Bethlehem is coming again as king of kings and lord of lords and he will destroy death forever. And the redeemed are going to live forever in a new heaven and earth, a perfectly restored creation. And we're going to have glorified bodies that are never going to age, never be subject to disease, never be suffering, uh, subject to suffering and sin and death. No more death. No more tears of grief. All because of Jesus. Tim Keller <laughs> points to um, points to, uh, to, 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 verse, uh, to verse 8 where we see rivers clapping their hands and hills singing for joy. And Keller says this, if rivers and mountains will be like this when he returns, what will we be like? 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 answers that question where John says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for this glorious, glorious good news that we celebrate at Christmas. We, we thank you that you loved us so much that you came for us and that you took on flesh and that Jesus was not only born for us, but he, he lived the perfect life that we could never live and he went on to, to die for our sins on the cross, that he, that he defeated death by being raised from the dead, that he ascended into glory, that he is exalted at your right hand and that he is coming again to renew the whole creation and to destroy death forever. And so Father, may, may we meditate on that truth because we know what the future holds. And Father, I pray, pray especially for people for whom uh, Christmas is a difficult time because death has shot its arrows into their family. May this be a reminder that because of Jesus, there's coming a time when death will be destroyed forever. And we thank you for that. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. And now as the Christ candle in the middle is lit and as the candles of Christmas are, are lit all around, may our hearts be lit with the hope that the one who was born in the darkness of Bethlehem is coming again to light up the world. I hope you've been blessed by this message. Christ is the answer for every need, now and for all eternity. As someone once said, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, and everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Have you trusted in Jesus as your Savior? If not, why not now? His arms are open wide to receive you. It may help to pray a prayer like this. Father, I know that you are holy and that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I know that you are a righteous God who must punish sin, but I believe that your son Jesus took my punishment for me, died in my place, and rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life. Right now, I turn to Jesus and trust in his finished work for me. In his name I pray, amen. You know, the Bible says this in John 1:12: to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that means that if you've received Christ, God has adopted you as his beloved child, his very own son or daughter. Just imagine, almighty God, the Lord of this universe, the one who possesses all authority in heaven and earth is now your loving father and you are his child. You say, I love him. How can I honor God with the rest of my life? Well, when you love someone, you wanna spend time with them. We get to know God through his word, through prayer and through his people. I would encourage you to pick up a copy of the Bible and begin to read it. Begin to pour out your heart to Him in prayer. And find a church family where the Bible is preached, where Christ is exalted, and where His love is flowing. If you're local, I want to invite you to the church I pastor, First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. I'd love to meet you and help you in your Christian journey. I would love to connect you to some other people who love the Lord and who would love you to come to one of our services. Be sure to speak to me before or after the service. Maybe you live outside our area. I'd love for you to write me. My email is pastor at fbcsuffolk.org. 
tell me what God is doing in your life. If you have spiritual questions I can help you with, please let me know. We're on this journey together.